Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. I'll tell you right now, it is warm, warm, warm out here in, in sunny Boston, Massachusetts. I mean, Jesus, we, we hit like 70 degrees the other day, and then it dropped back down to the 40s. Today, it's kind of hovering in the 50s here. So you know what that means for we New Englanders, uh, shorts weather, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Uh, but I guess uh, we, we are turning the corner on winter, so... It is what it is. You know, this week, I'm telling you, it's going to be a mixed bag. And I'm going to start off. I'll tell you a story. Our friends over at uh, GCW, you know, Jeremy Gomez, his crew over there. We have the young professor, Matt Grafer. They have something special on the horizon. GCW rising. Best in class with the young professor. Okay, that's going to be at the Egypt Shriners in Tampa, Florida. So that is quickly approaching here. And I'm telling you right now, there are some some pretty interesting stars that are going to be part of this. I know the young professor has taken an active uh, hand in promoting this event. Friday, April 9th actually starts at 10 a.m. and ends at 12 p.m. tentatively here. So I I said to the professor, because, you know, we are very much supportive of anything he has going on. And you know that GCW is a promotion that we definitely have taken the big spotlight and put it on those folks there. So I said, Professor, why don't you send one of your uh, talented folks who are going to be part of uh, GCW Rising, best in class with the young professor, send one of your folks over to the show and, and let's see what's going on. And to my shock... The young professor said, well, I have somebody in mind, but I got to warn you, Duke, you got to be careful what you say to this person because they have a very uh, hairy temper here and they don't play games. Now, folks, you know that the Duke is not one to back down. Okay, people start pushing me around. You know, I'm going to stand up tall, you know, because I'm five foot six of fury, baby. I don't play around here. Okay, but I will admit there are certain people in the world who terrify me, okay? And our next guest this week is definitely somebody who is terrifying. So I'm going to be a little careful about what I say to this person. So without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. They go by the name Talaferro and... You know, I, 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 I muted their mic because I, I wanted them to hear me say some positive things to them because, again, I don't want any problems here. So I am going to unmute Talaferro's mic here, and hopefully I don't get myself in trouble here. So uh, here we go. Talaferro, first and foremost, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Well, greetings, Duke. It is a, I guess I'd say, honor to be here with you. Though I cannot say it for sure. I am here on behalf of Generation Championship Wrestling at their request, though I was not eager to do so. But here we are nonetheless. Well, you know, I've done my research on you, uh, Talaferro, and and, and I first want to say that I don't condone anarchy. I don't condone people who believe that they're above the law, that they're above the rules of society. I am a law-abiding citizen. I feel like we all should should walk a straight and narrow path in life. So, you know, word on the street is that uh, Talaferro is an anarchist. Is this true? Why do we have to label things, Mr. Duke? I am what I am. I am the only one amongst millions who is willing to tell you the truth. And if that makes me an anarchist, so be it. 
Okay. What makes you think I don't know the truth? I, I, I'd like to believe that I'm a, a fairly educated guy. I, I, I seek out the truth in the world. What makes you think I don't know the truth? Because society has lied to you. It has told you that you are safe, that monsters are not real, that your nightmares cannot hurt you. Well, I am the only one who knows that that is false, and I will show you the way if you will just follow me. All right. So, so listen, Telefero, I, I, I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to act like a tough guy here, but I, I have a natural reaction to people who say, follow me, you know, whether it's elected officials or whether it's megalomaniacs. I mean, you know, if I follow you and you lead me down the wrong path, then what does that say for me? Let me remind you who you are talking to. I am a purveyor of nightmares. I am a keeper of fears. And through gathering these things, I have seen the world for what it is. The world is crazy, and we should be crazy back. I can show you how to embrace your own beautiful madness so that the world will cower to you, and you will no longer have to cower to it. Okay, listen, man, I, I, <laughs> I don't want any problems here. So let me just take a step back here. GCW Rising, uh, what can we expect from you? Is, is there anyone on the card that you're excited to uh, check out at all? Interestingly enough, there is. I have been looking at their talent roster to see who I could guide to greatness. And I have to say the coda consisting of the Music City Messiah, Caden Green, and the bastard son, Ronnie Rios. I find them very intriguing. Okay. All right. Well, so we got some intriguing people there. Uh, it, so that means that there's no one who you want to uh, invade their nightmares, I'm hoping, right? Well, there are those who should use caution. I have, as I said, monitored their roster, and there is a Sir Knight, Merrick Donovan, and the Space Cowboy, I find them distasteful. Okay. Friday, April 9th, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., GCW Rising, best in class with the young professor. Uh, I, I don't know what to say here. I, I, we, we have a guy here who wants to invade nightmares and what have you. Uh, Talifaro, why don't you let people know if they're into that sort of thing? Uh, what's the best way that they can follow you online and what have you and see what you're up to? Well, they can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok under the handle Talifero13. All right. But before I let you go here, Talifero, I, I do have to ask this question. Uh, for people who are invaders of nightmares and who want to lead everybody with the truth, um, What's a, what's a normal diet consist of or somebody who, who's doing? Because that's a pretty big undertaking. Like, what's, what's your favorite food before you invade nightmares? <laughs> that would be the blood of my enemies. <laughs> what a crazy interview there. And, and I'm telling you, that guy just, he, he terrifies me. And I, I try to talk tough, but clearly uh, <laughs> I don't want this guy coming to my dreams and doing anything. So I'm going to leave Talia Farrell alone. But we are going to keep our uh, GCW train rolling here because I have on the line literally the head honcho of GCW. He, he has come back. He, he heard I was going to have Talia Farrow on the show. And there are also some other things going on in the, in the uh, independent wrestling world that he needs to clarify here. So without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, Mr. Jeremy Gomez. Gomez, what is up with that Tyler Farrell guy? Man, that guy is uh, awesome and crazy and scary all at the same time, man. But I mean, uh, <laughs> not not trying to make a joke of the world situation, but man, his gimmick fits, doesn't it, man? It's a uh, <laughs> that well, guy's nuts. Gomez, if if I promise, I, I want to make a deal with you. If I promise to show up at every event, not even just a wrestling event, every event that I go to and hold up a sign that says Candy Gomez is my hero. <laughs> Can you promise to, to make sure that uh, Tyler Farrell doesn't uh, invade my dreams here? Because I don't need these problems, man. No, I, I, I'm okay. Candy's my hero too. So if Talia 
messes with you over that, he's going to have to mess with me. And though he might be crazy, you know, I'm the boss. So whatever. That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and listen, shout out to Candy Gomez, uh, Jeremy Gomez's wonderful wife. She She's the brains of the operation over there. Uh, and she's the beauty too. So I, I don't know. What does that leave you there, Jeremy? She, she is the operation. I'm just hanging out for the ride, man. <laughs> are you are you her roadie? Is that is that the uh, the fair word there? I'm whatever she needs me to be, whatever the hell she wants me to be. It man, smart man, smart man. <laughs> yes, Listen, we were we were me and Tyler Farrow were talking about uh, this huge event coming up here that I know the young professor is involved in. Do me a favor and just bring that home one more time. What are the events that you guys have coming up over in GCW? Well. Um, well, we're just going to stick to the next event, man, because after that, I'm going to be burnt out for a little while. I'm going to take about a two-day break, two-day vacation, and then we'll get back into it. But what we got going on – you know what? I'll pitch two events. What we got going on immediately coming up next is um, Generation Championship Wrestling's Collective, for lack of better words, um, which is GCW. We run this town, Mania Week 2021. Um, we've got about – let me think. We got uh, five or six different companies coming in under our umbrella. Um, we've got two GCW shows, one of which being GCW Rising, which is our brand of up and coming talent, some of the younger guys, and uh, and you know a couple headliners, Casey Navarro, and uh, you know you might have heard of them, Leo Rush. They're going to headline that show, but the but the rest of the show is some of the up and coming talent that we're producing at G- GCW and trying to get out and trying to get eyes on. And then at nighttime, that I'm sorry, that starts the show at about 10 a.m. Then at nighttime at 8 p.m., another GCW show starts, and that's actually GCW. We run this town, and uh, I believe the main event is Richard Holiday and Alex Hammerstone versus my guys, the Devil's Doorman, which is Funny Bone and the Super Beast. Um, Queen Aminata is going to be there. Um, Sky Blue, um, Solomon Stone, uh, Chuckles the Clown King is taking on, let me think, who is that guy that never gets our name right? Stint. Ah, Stunt Marshall. Uh, Stunt's going to be taking on Chucky for the World Championship. And in between that, man, we got uh, Pro Wrestling out of Dallas coming, uh, Boots and Heel. Um, Let me think who else is coming in. New Texas Pro is coming in. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm leaving somebody out on purpose as a rib, though. So, uh, Zachy, that's for you, buddy. Um, Let me think. Oh, we've also got breakfast. ODB and Medusa are going to start off the day at 9.30 a.m. serving breakfast to everybody. And uh, we've still got an event that we have to announce at midnight that's going to end the show. And that's going to be from about midnight to 1 p.m. So basically from like 9 in the morning till 1 a.m. the next day, it's going to be all wrestling brought to you by Generation Championship Wrestling and all of our lovely friends. And that's it. Get the tickets out of Eventbrite. That, that's pretty awesome. And I know it doesn't surprise me that ODB is going to be involved uh, because she is a food, a food trucker. Truck. And yeah. you're a food truck guy, so you know that's that's a that's a big deal. That's I am a big the deal. food truck guy, brother. I am the food truck guy. <laughs> and, and and let me tell you something, Medusa. Uh, yeah. She, with the exception of the Crush Gals, Medusa <laughs> is. I don't even know if you remember that. You might be too young for the Crush Gals. Yeah, uh, they were yeah. a fantastic tag team from Japan that toured America and, and actually wrestled in the WWF. They had a, a pretty good tour in WWF, but they were like pop stars. Uh, they had an album and everything. Anyway, they and Medusa are the reason why my love, respect, and appreciation for women's wrestling is the way that it is. So I just think it's fantastic that you have Medusa involved yeah. as well, and she's going to be serving breakfast. So, geez, imagine she that. She is awesome, man. I mean, yeah. she. I, I got off the phone with ODB when we set this up and, like, Two minutes later, I'm getting a text from Medusa. Hey, this is Medusa. Uh, you know, backslash Alundra Blaze, like she had to tell me. And like, do you mind if I if I call you? I'm like, no, don't, please, Medusa, don't don't call me. I would hate to talk to a Hall of Famer that I grew up watching. Uh, but <laughs> I'm like, you know, she called and and instantly it, it turned into like, you know, from just being already an awesome breakfast of ODB to like, here's an awesome breakfast of ODB, and now we got a Hall of Famer. And like, you know. If you don't know who Medusa or London Blaze is and you don't know the impact she had on a certain day in wrestling, you should probably do a little bit of research. Yeah, so um She's everything. So cool, man. I mean she, she's, she's everything. Cool. Speaking of candy, I, I I firmly believe that Medusa and my wife Candy are gonna be best friends after this event because they seem like peas in a pod. Well, they're twins, so that that's a that's a start right there. You know, yeah. they're they're twins. They both are, are can beat the hell out of you and they're beautiful, so that definitely helps. I mean, um, I don't want to compare them fighting-wise because I feel bad for Medusa in that aspect. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. 
smart man. You smart from Ocala, man. Florida. You don't mess with Ocala girls. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so listen, uh, Gomez. You know, you're a guy that um, you and I we keep up with each other. I, I'm big fan of GCW and what you folks are doing out there. Obviously, we have a shared love for for food, especially rattlesnake and crazy stuff like that. Yes, sir. Uh, which we covered the last time you were on the show. <laughs> But, you know, there's something that's very serious that has happened this week, or at least has hit the wire this week, I should say. Um, And a tremendous amount of media from all over the wrestling landscape has reached out to Duke Loves Wrestling, asking for clarification because, you know, all the parties involved have been on this show and, and have been on this show around the time period that a lot of this controversy began. Yeah. So. I reached out to everybody and, and invited them to come on the show, and you were the first to to reach back and, and make some time to to be on. So let me let me just lay some groundwork here for everyone listening. There are some concerns about um, COVID nineteen protocols not being followed. Uh, a wrestler in particular, Casey Lennox, and you know she's someone who's been on the show before. And there's some question regarding whether or not she followed COVID protocol in multiple promotions, including GCW. So, you know, Jeremy Gomez, there was some some things posted online, and, and I wanted to have you come on the show and just clarify once and for all, what the hell happened? Let, let's start from the beginning here back in January. What we think happened, and, and I told you this before, I'm not an investigator. I'm only a person that's, you know, as rational and thought process as I can. As you know, like if you're working in the wrestling game right now, the better promotions want you to be tested and be tested the week of. Um, what we think happened, again, this is just what we think. We believe we were given a, a COVID testing sheet because we ask everybody, obviously, if you're, if you're not tested at GCW, you're not working. We've released two people from their association with us used to get tested. We will never work with them again. If you don't care about the locker room, you're not going to be part of us. And, and getting a COVID test in this time is is caring about the locker room. I own the company. I still get COVID tests. Nobody's going to ask me in my company to get a COVID test. I'm the top dog. I still go get it. That's just what we got to do. We're entertainers. We got to do this. We're there to make people happy and we're there to, you know, get them out of their, you know, whatever they might be going through in life. We're there to provide them, you know, a break from that. That break doesn't consist of, you know, putting their lives in danger, putting each other's lives in danger. It just anyways. So we think what would happen is, is somebody was given a COVID test by one of the major companies right now. Um, not going to get into them. I'm not, I don't want, I'm not trying to draw heat here. This isn't what this is about. So I, I think what we were given is an old COVID test from one of the other major companies that was probably meek or so old, or probably a little bit outside of the range. Um, which now we've we're telling the talent like now it's no longer the text literally blah blah now we need the whole paper and that's it so we think somebody got a test by one of the major companies uh, about probably a week and a half later worked our show probably knowing they had covid uh, worked somebody on our show that has uh, sort of an immune system issue um, which is very scary uh, because they're a pretty damn good friend of mine and that we consider him family. And then I believe they went and worked another show where they didn't take a COVID test at all or care about it and kind of pretended to. And then they were going to work because we had, we had two GCW shows in about a 12 day period. They were going to work our show again. And the Wednesday of that week before our show, they called and told us they had COVID. Um, in our opinion, you know, if we had a show 14 days before that, or it was more like 11 days before that, when they told us, COVID doesn't just stick around for a couple of days. COVID's there for a while. Nobody knows that it, it, she might not have had it or she might have had it. But the fact of the matter is the tests weren't accurate. And she, and in fact, now she's gotten on Twitter and started saying how she believes it's a false positive test. So it doesn't matter anyways. It's it just a lot of, a lot of weird defenses in again, not trying to draw heat, but the thing I, I wanted to get home is dude, this can't happen at all, man. And I don't care if you want to call it a mistake. I don't want to care what the thing is. You just have to get tested. We can't put each other's lives in danger. And the problem is that now, whether you had COVID or not, no one knows because you didn't do what you were supposed to. We only know that in this time frame, all of a sudden, a positive test pops up. And now you could have put people in danger. You might not have, but you may. But now the problem is this is what you got to live with. And this is now 
now everybody associated with this, everybody around this is going to have an eye looked on them. And, and here we go again, Florida wrestling, more bad stuff. So it's just, the situation's bad, man. And, and, and the worst part of it is if she did have COVID, you know, if she did have it that long or if she did have it back then, man, not only are you working people, but you could get sick. Like I, I'm in the building too. I have two little girls, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, man. Even if I don't catch it, I could have brought it home and given it to them. You know, I, you know, I have parents. My my dad's almost 80 years old. My mom's 74 years old. You know, I could get them sick. I have a sister. I have nieces. It's just, dude, we're, you, I get that the huge paycheck you were taking home that night was worth it to you, but it wasn't worth it to everybody else. So that that's that's just how I feel about it. And Candy, my wife, is furious about it, as she should be, because like I said, we have girls. And we're just one person that was in that place and one person that was in the Ignite building or one person in the place where that other company operates. And, and who knows what else happened in between that training, this, that, you know. You know, Gomez, I, I, I'm i going to proceed um, just to be on, careful because I want to make sure everyone has an opportunity to share their side here. So I'm going to say that um, if everything happened the way that that you feel that it happened um if yeah what yes. what are you what are you going to do going forward to to ensure that something like this doesn't slip through the cracks again because here's the deal i mean you are the promoter yes, right sir. so there is a responsibility on your part yes, to sir. ensure that stuff like this doesn't happen so so what's going to happen with your protocol which was already pretty strict to begin with yeah yeah so here's the thing so now instead of – okay, because the big thing now is that people don't have like their full COVID papers. They have the little text message or something that the place sends them. You're, you're okay or you're not okay. The thing that we've noticed about some of these now is not all of them are dated. You know, Not all of these quick things that you receive are dated. So now the thing is, okay, we, we're going to need the full, full Monty, man. We're going to need the full thing. Um, we already got the temperature check stuff, so we're just going to keep – we just – it's diligence, man. I, I – like you said, we had one of the strictest operations there is, man, and something might have slipped by, and I don't like that at all. Um, it it might have slipped by because of deception, but there's got to be ways to check that too. So we're just going to have to be even more diligent and double down, okay? And it's just it's going to have to get thorough. It's going to have to no more no more little quick things, no more little quick blurbs. I want full papers. I want to see these damn things. You know what I mean? I want some tangible. You know, it's just. It's just not going to be easy, man. I don't, and the thing that worries me is, and the reason why I kind of want papers and stuff like that now is because, you know, Photoshop exists too, dude. So, yeah, people are getting tricky and people are getting a little bit bold. And people, you know, I get it. People are getting sick and tired of it. Some people, you know, but it just, this isn't the time to play around, man. That's And that's it. Just more diligent, even more, which is crazy to me. Now, I, I granted, like I said, somebody was dishonest. And I'm not going to get into that anymore. So, and, and they've been dealt with. They've pretty much dealt themselves out of work. So, they're unbooked. They're probably unbooked everywhere. And, uh, you know, that's what happens now, you know. And that's what it is. You got to be smarter. That's what it is. This is a business. And that was bad business. You know, Gomez, uh, I, I was talking to somebody in the industry last night. And they said something to me that just took me by surprise. They said, you know, uh, for promoters to have the wrestlers be tested, but they're not testing the fans or requiring the fans to be tested, isn't that kind of an oxymoron or, or what have you? And, and I didn't agree with that. I thought that logic was a little flawed. But I, I do want to ask you, though, um, you have the, the, the talents being tested, but clearly the fans – do they have to prove that they're tested and that they're all right as well? Or what's the, how, do you, how do you balance those two worlds there? No, and you know what? The problem is I, in Florida, I can't really ask them to do that. You know, we can, we can tell them that when they're indoors, they have to have their masks on. And I don't even know if that's the case anymore. We still do it. You know, you're still going to be wearing a mask at our place. You know, you can temp check them. You can separate them. You can make sure, you know, when, when we work at our place, we have these big garage door things you can keep open. So it's kind of almost being like outside. You know, even though it's not, thank God the weather isn't killing us yet, but, um, it's hard, man. It's hard. You know, mania week, 
it's a little easier because when Mania Week's coming up, you know, we're renting out these giant buildings with giant floor plans and et cetera, et cetera. And you can, you can put people 10, 20 feet apart if you feel like it. But it's just hard, man. It's a hard time for everybody. And that's why the best thing, I, I, I believe, not only with the fans and the workers and the front offices, dude, we, you got to be honest. <laughs> that, that, that's it. The fans need to be honest with themselves too, man. If you're sick, please stay home. Because I promise you, you know, with the exception of a couple of people not doing the right thing, if, if our workers are sick or our office is sick, they're not going to be around the place. So that's it, man. And, I, you know, maybe we're on that unfortunate time in history when people aren't as honest with themselves as they should be. And they probably aren't as honest with things as they should be. And that's that could be a problem there. But, I mean, that's all we can do. We can keep hoping, you know, keep keep up and we're doing everything we can. And thank God that we've had our, you know, our our COVID precautions in place since the beginning, you know, we have pandemic assessment plans again, luckily, because I have my shoot job is special events and giant events. You know, I have a pretty good pandemic assessment plan. We have a pretty good pandemic assessment. So it is what it is. Masks, sanitizer until it's coming out of our ears, more masks, more tests, temperature checks. And, you know, just, just pray that there's some honesty and people help out with keeping everybody else safe, which wasn't the case here. You know, Gomez, uh, why don't you let everybody know how they can, keep track of uh, GCW and, and also, you know, make sure that we're clear. We're not talking about Georgia championship wrestling or anything like that. So we're not going to see the Minnesota wrecking crew <laughs> or anyone like that on your cards. There, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you've picked up on my joke. Finally. Thank you, man. Well, I know you already knew the joke, but I'm glad you're using it now too. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> Listen, and, and you know what? God rest his soul. Mr. Jimmy Crockett. Uh, yes, sir. You know, we just we just lost him uh, recently there. But but please let everybody know how they can follow GCW there. Man, you just bummed me out, man. Lost an awesome one, dude. So many memories, such a childhood. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, GCW, man, Generation Championship Wrestling. You can find us pretty much everywhere at GCW Wrestling Pro. Um, obviously on Facebook, just type in Generation Championship Wrestling, and if you're on YouTube, just type in Generation Championship Wrestling. Oh, hold on. We actually have a web page that we never use. It's okay. It's pretty. Um, it's generationchampionshipwrestling.com. But, uh, yeah. Listen, Gomez, I, I just want to say this in, in closing here. Um, you, you, you came on here. You know what I mean? And, and you, know, you didn't know what to expect and what have you, and I get that. Um, and, and you told the truth as you know it and what have you here, and I respect you for that because <laughs> this is not an, an easy – subject matter here it's very touchy and a lot of folks are, are talking it and is. trying to figure it out it's but uh, i i do tip my hat to you for uh standing up and, and speaking out and telling it as you as you know it from your position there well here's the thing and we talked about this i didn't want to come I, yesterday i was I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie man i'm not a liar i was i was bashing the person pretty hard man i was pretty pissed off and it was very irresponsible and you know i I do a lot of stupid things. Everybody knows this. I run my mouth a lot, man. Um, but I don't endanger people's lives. And I was pissed off yesterday, so I was running the person down. But you know, today it's more like they did a good job damaging themselves and their rep. You know, today the thing I wanted to hammer home is that you know that being said, going forward, we all need to just pay attention and be more honest about it because it's like a group thing, man. It's a symbiotic effort. We're we're an entertainment production, whether. Whether you like it or not, wrestling is an entertainment production and everybody back there is part of the production and we're a team. Going forward, guys, just please remember that. The team's got family and we're family. And you, it, the, the money isn't worth that. It, it, dude, if if you flunk a COVID test and you're booked for one of my shows and, and you come to me and talk to me and say, you know, Jeremy, man, I, I, I'm in a bad time. I needed this event. Dude, I'm not going to be like, screw you, go home. I'm going to take care of you. So it just... Don't come to shows. And if you don't have a promoter that can handle the fact that you have to cancel, then you shouldn't be working it there anyways. You need to just be safe. Please just be safe. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! You know, switching speeds here, folks. Uh, <laughs> I find myself in these positions where when it comes to AEW and its impact on the wrestling industry, no pun intended, <laughs> I, I, I find myself in these positions where ultimately I'm going to have a conversation with people and it's going to be a spirited debate more often than not because 
you know, I have my position and they have theirs. And, and, and it's very rare that people will initially agree with my position on most of this stuff. And I get that. I'm okay with that. And anyone who's listened to Duke loves wrestling, you understand. Uh, I'm, I'm full steam ahead. I don't wait. Everybody else going to have to catch up. You know what I mean? And, and some do, and some actually are far much further past me where they see things that I don't see and I got to catch up to them. So it's a, it's a good give and take, but um, I invited somebody on the show who's a really, really sharp person and somebody who is well-respected. You know, they have a lot to say about sports in general and, and including pro wrestling. And they definitely got a different view on this relationship between AEW and impact wrestling. I said, you know something, instead of us just going back and forth online about it, why don't you come on the show and let's really just have it out once and for all. Let's figure this out here. Okay. So without further ado, welcome to the Duke loves wrestling podcast. My brother, Terrence Williams, what's going on there T? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for welcoming me into uh, this illustrious space, Duke Loves Wrestling. Uh, space has been graced by Conrad Thompson, among others. And whoa, I just, you know, look, man, we, we're going to try to entertain the people for a few minutes. Yeah, we sure are. And, and just for anyone listening right now, those are the nicest things you're going to hear us say about each other. So we got that <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> now we can get down to business here, you know. Now, listen, wait, before we get too deep, uh, uh, T, why don't you let everybody know about your brand? Because you, you got your hand in a lot of different things, and I truly respect you for that. But uh, from a general standpoint, if somebody were to ask, who is Terrence Williams? What, what's your response to that? Man, I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a media, I'm a media consumer, a media creator. Uh, you know, I work on uh, TV shows you might have heard of, you know, before. Um, but I'm not gonna, you know, put all my, my my shoot business out there right now. But I do, you know, I blog a little bit about wrestling. I talk a little bit about sports and wrestling. You can catch me on the Open Gym Sports and Culture uh, web show. Do that with a few of my buddies. I I have a little blog, the talking about blog. I'm relaunching with a article coming in 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 a, in a few days. And, uh, you know, I also have a little, a little podcast that's talking about pod. I know it's the most generic podcast name you could ever have, but, uh, but, 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 you know, I do that, but I can't get into this conversation without giving a nod to, you know, the, the, the Godfather, the, basically the RZA of black wrestling media, my man, Brian H waters, you know, he's the one that, uh, introduced me to you and, you know, so many other talented black media writers, uh, you know, who, who, who love to you know, cover the sport of professional wrestling. You know, that's that's a great call out and shout out to our, our brother there, B.H. Uh, Waters there. You know, I, I've had him on both of my shows and I'm a fan of his, man. I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a big fan of Brian's because this brother goes out of his way to elevate all of us. And Definitely. he's involved in so many different things, but it's, it's very clear that he has a vision for all of us leveling up together. And I just, I truly appreciate that dude. Uh, that's my yes, brother sir. right there too, man. That's, that's a good guy. So that's anybody out there listening, if, if you stop what you're doing, go to social media, search Brian H waters and follow everything he's doing. That's my man. Tell him I sent you. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Now that we got all yeah, that out of the this. way here, brother Williams, <laughs> 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 impact wrestling in, in all elite wrestling, AEW, uh, they've entered into a partnership, which really started late last year. And from what I can see, it's pretty one-sided. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious to me that All Elite Wrestling has benefited solely through this partnership with Impact Wrestling. I mean, the, the AEW talents, including their president, appear on Impact Wrestling and just bury Impact every chance they get. They've been doing it for months, by the way, on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, and there hasn't been much get back. I don't see uh, Impact Wrestling talents or their president, Ed Nordholm, Nordholm uh, on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite burying AEW and, and taking shots at their talents or anything like that. So what's what's the skinny here, uh, Terrence Williams? Why do you feel that it has been a mutually beneficial relationship? Right. So here, here we go. Look, in, in a nutshell, if you needed to clip off one section of this and sell it to the world, it's, it's this right here. If a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, does it make a sound? No, it doesn't. Right. And conversely, if two people go out and have a five star match and nobody sees it or is talking about it, did it even happen? Maybe. 
right? And that has been the plight of Impact Wrestling in a nutshell, right? Impact Wrestling for the better part of, you know, two plus years now since uh, Don Callis and Scott DeMore have taken over the product, they've been putting out one of the consistently best wrestling shows from a week-to-week basis uh, going out of anybody. But nobody cares. Nobody's talking about it, right? They're basically in the business of developing talent for NXT and AEW for the most part. And so by adding AEW into the mix, now people are talking about it. And whereas people were not talking about it before. So if 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 you have your undercard, you know, your X division champion have an amazing match, but he has it on a pay-per-view in which Kenny Omega is beating your world champion, way more people are going to see it than if Kenny Omega is not on that pay-per-view. And so Impact Wrestling is getting the boost just by being AEW's punching bag. So, I mean, like, because if that's the way people see it, and listen, I don't necessarily see it like that because I look at it for the show aspect of it, right? Like, AEW is coming with the fire. You know, they, you know, Tony Khan is coming out, you know, doing these ads where he's, you know, down at Impact each and every week. But that's clearly a character, right? Like, that's not who Tony Khan is. I don't think anybody thinks that that person we see on TV and has been even spilled over onto actual AEW television this week, I don't think anybody actually thinks that's Tony Khan, right? Like, this is a character he's playing. He's preparing himself to come on TV and be a heel authority figure of some kind, probably for some sort of angle with impact, right? So we all know this is coming. You can see that. And so, like, so this is this is where the benefit lies because it's not just, um, like, yes, Impact is taking the L in most of the head-to-head with AEW, but it's also providing AEW talent an opportunity to come look like a you know a bigger fish in a smaller pond, right? Like week to week, nobody cares about private party, but you put private party in impact, and just the fact that they're on impact makes them more interesting. So there is there's benefit going in both places. Terrence Williams, you're a nice guy, right? So I, I want to make sure I, I put that out here. You're a nice guy, and I understand that. In your world, it makes sense um, to walk into a quote-unquote small pond and stomp all over the fishes that are there. Mm. Uh, but in the in the real world, that doesn't make sense at all. I mean, that's called burying <laughs> uh, the pond. That's you're 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 burying the talent over there who worked hard to make whatever brand that exists what it is today. In the case of Impact Wrestling, I mean, they've been around for over 20 years now. They have a tape library that is tremendous. Okay, it's worth a lot of money. It's worth a lot more than AEW's tape library. Um, so there is value there with Impact. And yeah, Impact, but dude, nobody cares about that tape library uh, from week to week. Nah, okay? that's, like that's, on a week to week basis, nobody cares about the tape library. What people care about is the currency. That's what can we true. talk about? What can we tweet about right now? Because if you look at Impact Wrestling social media, all they do is push that tape library. Hey, did you know AJ Styles wrestled here? If, you, if do you know why Terrence? To be an Impact do you, do you who does know why anything they push on that WWE TV? All the all the impact promotes is the classic or whatever classic from 2016 matches from Bobby Lashley, right? When he won the impact championship, right? So like, so they do promote the tape library, but it gets no traction on social media, right? Like at least not as much as current stars do. I don't even know what you're talking about because any measurable that's available to the public will show you that there has not been any significant incremental change since AEW has allowed, uh, excuse me, since Impact Wrestling has allowed AEW to come into their house and put their feet up and, and eat all their food, okay? There's yeah, been no incremental change. You can't just go by change. the measurables. You can't, oh, okay. the measurables are fine, <laughs> but you can't just go by the measurables. Listen, measurables are important. I get it, right? Because that's how you quantify and that's how you do business deals. Measurables are important, but you can't just go by the measurables. You got to go by the practical, functional use. And in a practical, functional way, we are talking about impact wrestling when we otherwise would not be. Speak for yourself, Terrence Williams. Speak for yourself, Terrence Williams. On Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, I've been covering Impact Wrestling for years. Okay, I have a great relationship with Access TV, going back to WoW Superheroes. Uh, So you know, Impact Wrestling and I, we're we're pretty on on the same page there. And shout out to Jazz, the uh, the queen there. You know, she's an Impact Wrestling now, and, and part of that is because of the way that she's been promoted here on Duke Loves Wrestling. You, reminding- okay, so can you say so? So, so for the time you've been covering Impact for since they've been on Access TV, 
can you say that you've had people that you've had as much engaged conversation with people as you have had about this since you've been having with since you since you felt the way you feel about their relationship with AEW? I'm going to be honest with you. I've had actually less engaged conversation. Uh, the the most engaged conversation that we had about Impact was when Tessa Tessa Blanchard became the Impact World Champion. Okay, right. that was literally a cres- crescendo moment yep. because totally a woman defeated a man, and mm-hmm. she was on the top of the mountain there. That was a big deal. All, all the huge. way to 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 Pro Wrestling Illustrated even coming on here and talking about it. So no, the 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 interest is actually dipped significantly because with the ushering in of AEW content on impact wrestling on access TV, there's actually been less women's content. So that's who's suffering in, in, in impact wrestling as a result of people like Kenny Omega and Tony Khan being on their program. And you're seeing less no, women's that, matches. Not, on that's not suffering. So again, you got to take this from the perspective of somebody who actually watches the product, bro. Like, the women that are on Impact Wrestling, there's, listen, there's a certain thing. Tessa Blanchard, I went to, uh, what was that? Slammiversary, I think, 2018, where they were in Queens. And listen, <clears throat> there's there's certain things, like, you know, you've been around wrestling for a long time, so, so I'm sure you know this too. There's certain people that have just a different level of charisma, right? Like, there's certain people that when they walk into a room, it just sucks all the air out of the room because all the attention goes to them. I'm telling you, Tessa Blanchard had that. And there's not another talent on that roster at that time who had that. And there's not a talent on their roster right now that has that. I'm sorry, Chris Bay. Chris Bay's on the way. But other than that, for the most part, they have not had someone as talented as as her. And so you can't equate the lack of focus on the knockouts right now to – uh, to, to Kenny Omega. You can't blame that on Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is a hundred times more interesting than any of the talents they have that are on the knockouts division. And listen, I'm a fan of Deanna Perrazzo's work. I'm a fan of Jordan Grace's work. I'm, I'm a big fan of Tasha Steele's and Kier Hogan. I think they're some of the most entertaining acts on that show. But you can't say that adding a... Yo, Kenny Omega is almost universally considered... The, the best wrestler in the world. I don't have a best wrestler in the world ranking, but a lot of people say when you talk about best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega comes up, right? His, his name comes up. And so if you can get somebody like that on your show, you're going to draw eyeballs. You're going to have conversation about it. Like it is what it is. And, and that doesn't, to me, putting another match on between, you know, Kimberly and, 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 you know, somebody else, right? Like that doesn't, that's not going to make, uh, that's not going to fill the same type of content hole that having Kenny Omega would, you know what that, I'm saying? That, like, that is, that's, that, that's is not, that, that doesn't equate. That is blasphemous. It's unacceptable. And, and frankly, I'm ashamed that you even said it. Okay. What? Because the, the reality of the situation is the knockouts division is one of the most talented women's division in the world. Okay, there's no two ways about that. And well, it, it was a few months ago, right? No, when they had on. at a time when they had Taya, when they had Diana, they had um, uh, whoo, Kylie Ray. You know what I mean? Jordan Grace. Like at that point, I was like, "Yo, this is about to be ridiculous," and they completely squandered the time they had with that roster. But right now, they don't have a bunch of marquee talent in their knockouts division. They have some talented people, but they don't have marquee talented like the talent like they did a few while ago, a, a few week, months ago. Right. Like they uh, I would say their women's division smokes AEWs right now, but you can't tell me that that's like, you know, that they have a bunch of headline talent in the knockouts division right now. They absolutely do. I am telling you that because it's the truth. They absolutely do. The problem is whomever is in charge of AEW, who's excuse me, of Impact Wrestling, who's making these decisions, uh, they're in the same ballpark as someone like yourself, where, you know, it doesn't matter what the measurables say. It doesn't matter what the facts say, right? The things that you can quantify, it's all about somebody's personal opinion because for whatever reason, they are less interested in the women's wrestling. And they're more interested in somebody from a whole other company to come in and bury the champion, the hometown hero in Impact Wrestling. And I'm talking about Kenny Omega, who already has a pinfall victory over Impact World Champion Rich Swan. I mean, there's no way. You can tell me 
that that's acceptable and that's going to somehow help Impact in the long run. When Kenny Omega is no longer on Impact TV, I guarantee you, you're going to go back to not talking about Impact because they've already proven that they're a lesser company to AEW because their champion beat their champion. Well, I'm not going to go back to not talking about Impact. I talk about Impact every week. I have a podcast with my man BQ. We call it The Cool Factor. Check that out. But anyway, I talk about Impact every week, so I'm not going to go back to not talking about Impact. But I bet you a lot of people will. A lot of people who are strictly AEW fans whose interest was peaked of, hey, let me see what this crossover looks like. Like, you can't deny that that was a thing that people – we're saying like there's you saw the huge bump that happened for that one week that Kenny Omega, you know, came on impact right after he beat John Moxley for the title again, like, you know, did, did that stay? No, but the point is more people, their eyes got on the product. Now, once they get on the product, that's impacts job to keep them, but you can't blame them for taking the swing of getting Kenny Omega. Now to the, to this concept that, uh, that, Omega pinning Rich Swan is a burial. Like, that's ridiculous. That's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. In a match, somebody's got to lose. Somebody has to lose a match. And it makes sense to give people a decisive winner and loser than to give them a screw finish. Because then they'll just complain and they'll roll their eyes the next time you say you're going to do it. So now they're promising us uh, a Kenny Omega Rich Swan match one-on-one. And... I think anybody with any sense knows Kenny Omega is going to win. But if you look at the story they're telling the impact based off the, the way they started last night, they're painting Rich Swan as the underdog and they're already hooking you in. They're already, you know, getting you, getting you interested. Like, Hmm, are they going to let Rich Swan get this win? So this is a great storytelling and Kenny Omega, whether we like it or not, Kenny, this is Kenny Omega's story right now. This is the story of Kenny Omega, you know, uh, trying to conquer the world and get every title except the damn WWE title. And, you know, Impact is just playing a role in that story right now. It is what it is. I, I just find it very confusing here, Terrence Williams, the, the fact that you will sit there and on one side of your mouth, you talk all slick and all, all smooth about the fact that you're an Impact uh, fan. But then right. on the other side of your mouth, you are encouraging the champion of a whole other promotion to come in and bury them. It doesn't make it's any sense. There is, no there is no way. Listen, there is no way anyone's man, looking watch, at Rich Swan. Watch, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go a ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There's no way no anyone's looking at Rich Swan as being even on Kenny Omega's level right now because Facts. Omega already has a pinfall victory over him. And the fact that you're even saying that you expect Omega to defeat Swan, the fact that you're saying this is Kenny Omega's story, it just goes to show this has nothing to do with impact. Okay, like you said, Impact is a bit player in this whole story here because it's all about Kenny Omega, which means it's all about all elite wrestling, which means it's not about Impact Wrestling, which means it shouldn't even be happening in Impact Wrestling. Wrong, wrong, wrong. This Impact benefits from this no matter what. You know what I mean? It, 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 it impact, impact benefits. Like, just like you said, does anybody think Ken, uh, um, Rich Swan is necessarily on Kenny Omega's level? No. But here's the fact. If you go back and look at the catalog of, of matches Rich Swan has been having an impact over the last two and a half, three years, he's got some bangers. I think Rich Swan and John Morrison wrestled a damn five-star match, according to, you know, Many people's Lord and Savior, Dave Meltzer. They, they, he, he, he loved a match they had. Rich Swan, he's been racking up bangers after bangers after bangers. Now, it's Impact's fault that they don't promote Rich Swan as a bigger star. But Rich Swan, you know, he's got credential. He, he's got receipts. So if, if we're going to start telling this story of trying to truly compare Rich Swan and Omega, you're going to be able to say that, hey, if you look at it, Kenny Omega's got bangers, what they call him, the best bout machine. And if, you, if you're going to really look at it, Rich Swan got some bangers. So if we're going to really compare in a one-on-one, there's a great story that can be told. And you could tell that story about Rich Swan till you're blue in the face. If he's going against Eddie Edwards, nobody cares. Yet, once again, when you look at the measurables, when you look at the bottom line, the things that can be quantified, there are no more eyes on Impact Wrestling today than there were before Kenny Omega decided to come in and Tony Khan decided to come in and bury the company. So what that tells me is it hasn't made a difference at all. Literally, you're the same person who's still watching 
but you're more interested in the fact that an outsider is coming in and destroying the company than you it's are not destroying the trying company. to it's defend the company. Interesting. Right? It's making so, it so, interesting. Let, let me ask you this, uh, Terrence Williams here. Okay, I almost called you by your government name, Smash, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay, I'm government. not. Gonna, I'm not going to tell everybody your government name is Smash. But but <laughs> let, let, let me ask you this here, Terrence Williams. Why have we not seen Rich Swan? on AEW Dynamite one time. If this is a partnership, right? How come Rich mm-hmm. Swan isn't getting revenge on Omega? How come Rich Swan isn't isn't uh, pinning Omega on Dynamite? How come Rich Swan, how come the president of of Impact isn't on Dynamite every week talking about how much better uh Impact is better than AEW? If this is truly a partnership and it's truly beneficial both ways here, why is that not happening? So, here's the thing, right? The, the problem that comes with looking at it in that way is you're trying to put this into a box of something that you've seen before. You're trying to say, how does this compare to the ROH New Japan working relationship? How does this compare to the, you know, WCW, ECW invasion, quote unquote, of WWE? We, we can't always try to compare something to something that we've seen before. This is the way they're doing this. Why hasn't Rich Swan been on, on AEW? I don't know. Probably because that's not the story they're telling, right? Like the story they've been telling is that Kenny Omega's coming to Impact, kicking his feet up, being a bully, right? Like that's the story that they're telling. They're not telling, yo, this is all out warfare between AEW and, and Impact. I Listen, I would love to see Deanna Perrazzo show up on AEW and start putting people in arm bars. I would love that. I think that'd be great for, for Impact fans. I love them to send Chris Bay out there, send Moose out there, right? Impact got some guns they could be firing back with. I totally agree with that. And, you know, again, my biggest, for, you want to talk about a burial, and I have contended that this is not a burial, but I think it has gotten a little out of hand with the AEW ads. You know, when we saw the ad they did a couple of weeks ago where it was uh, Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone and a bunch of the B-list AEW stars, the, uh, you know, the the Brian Cage and, and, and Britt Baker and Ricky Starks, who I think is a superstar, by the way, uh, way bigger star than anybody else on that Team Taz thing. But, um, you know, but to see like Brian Cage out there popping off his mouth about impact, I was like the nerve. The nerve. That's when this thing is going like too far, right? When you got people who have no accomplishments to their name outside of what they've done in Impact trying to talk down on Impact, that's when this thing is getting a little out of hand. But other than that, listen, Tony Khan doing his paid ads, talking trash about Impact every week, that's part of an angle. And we saw some of that angle start to appear on AEW TV this past week on one of their YouTube shows. And so, like, he's preparing for some sort of character that he's bringing to TV. I I, I think we can all tell that, right? So to me, again, this is not a burial. This is like prepping for an angle. You want to bury Impact? Don't talk about him. Right. Like same thing. You want to bury uh, you want to you want to bury impact. Don't send Kenny Omega there. Don't let the good brothers come on AEW TV beating people up every week. OK, talk trash about impact, but don't let your stars go there. That that would be more of a burial. But to have this is a working partnership. This is a long term working partnership. This isn't like let's shotgun to a match or to a super card. And, you know, then we're done with it. Like this is a back and forth working relationship. And so, like, this is different than stuff people have seen before. So to try to compare this to something else that we've seen in the past, I think it's just a mistake. So so just so I have this clear here. OK, and, and folks, follow along with me here, because obviously, uh Terrence Williams here, he, he just laid out a position that still just boggles my mind. So, number one, Tony Khan, the, the, the son of a billionaire who swore up and down that he would never be a character right. on television. OK, is a character on television now, but that's OK, because Terrence Williams <laughs> likes it. OK, so you have that right there. You have a you, you have people like Brian Cage taking shots at Impact Wrestling, a guy who was in Impact Wrestling and was happy to cash those checks. Not only was he in Impact Wrestling, but I think he was the Impact Champion for two or three pay-per-views, and he was bumped from the main event for at least two of those. I think for one, he was bumped for a tag team match between LAX and the Lucha Brothers. Another, two more acts who were treated way better than Impact Wrestling. 
and another one he was bumped for for Tessa and Sammy as the world champion. So, brother, you got no legs to stand on talking about impact. They plucked you from the obscurity of Lucha Underground, made you a champion on worldwide TV, and you want to talk trash about him? Give me a break, bro. Give me a break. As you were. And 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 yet Terrence Williams is still making excuses for that. So so we have that there. According to Terrence Williams, it's okay for AEW to come in and steamroll impact and and just be a lopsided winner on their program on a week-to-week basis for months. And somehow Terrence Williams thinks that's going to generate interest. Interest for who? (laughs) Certainly not impact, but okay. So I just want to make sure we recap all of this. Terrence Williams is okay with Kenny Omega destroying Rich Swan and and being exalted as greater than Rich Swan because in Terrence Williams' mind – this is what we need: supreme world domination by all elite <laughs> wrestling. So, so, so here's what I'll say to that. Come on, man. Terrence Williams, smash your government name here. What's what um, you got? I need you to get out of the the impact r- business. Okay. Oh. I need you to get rid of any kind of contract associated with Impact Wrestling, <laughs> and I need you to get out of Impact Wrestling's life. Okay. Oh man. Because you, my friend have made the mistake of being a smooth talking something happening AEW apologist okay oh, no, no, you don't no, know no. what it means to exist oh. for over 20 years starting oh. off on pay-per-view okay you don't know what it means to have to crawl and scrape and fight and exist in an industry where the WWE had put everybody else out of business. You don't know what it means to be the little engine that could, despite everything against them. Impact Wrestling still alive today, okay? You don't know about the sweat and the blood and the tears and the paying the price of a wrestling lifetime. And you have the audacity to sit here and call yourself an Impact Wrestling fan when all you have done is contributed to their burial. Well, let you me are tell you what their I do funeral know. today, and I'm telling you right now, Tony Khan, I'm sure you're going to be in my inbox right now because I'm setting your other friend here straight by letting him know <laughs> Impact Wrestling doesn't need him if this is the kind of fan that he is. Go ahead. Yeah, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Here's, here's what I do know is you want to talk about the history of Impact Wrestling. I do know that they did have the spot that AEW currently occupies as the most interesting WWE alternative, and they squandered it greatly. And, and, and you know, look, through – uh, through the the mismanagement, the non-paying, the you know getting kicked off of networks, hiring people that you're not supposed to hire, the whole mess. TNA is the most damaged brand name in the history of entertainment. There's probably not an, a worse damaged brand name in the history of entertainment than TNA or TNA Wrestling or whatever you want to call it. They're called and, Impact Wrestling. And, you don't and, even know and, their and, name. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's Impact today. It's Impact today. But they still are trying to shake off the stink of that. And again, they have they have been for the past, like I said, two and a half years or whenever since Don Callis and Scott Demore took over. They've been putting out a good product, but it's just so hard to shake off the stink of TNA. And so now they have to come in and play and accept this role in AEW story to allow themselves to come back into the wrestling conversation. So that when people are talking about wrestling, they say WWE and AEW and New Japan and Impact, right? When they start making those global statements that they can actually be in the statement, that's what they've been reduced to. And so this is the method that they have to go through in order to get back into the conversation. You know what I mean? Is is that, if you're an Impact fan, I say this all the time uh, on the, you know, my my show with, uh, with, with BQ, the Cool Factor podcast, I say as an Impact fan, where's our guys? Where's our guys that you are, that you're promoting, that you're treating like Roman Reigns, that you're treating like the next AJ Styles, right? Where's the guys that you're getting behind like that, right? And so Impact, in a lot of ways, has done a terrible job promoting the stars that they do have. But they've also taken some great big swings, right? Like you mentioned with the Tessa Blanchard thing, right? that, That thing came unraveled because of her. And her past, her skeletons, but they took a huge swing putting the first world title on a woman. That should have been a huge thing. But her ghost came back to haunt everybody and really screwed the company over. They took another big swing this past summer by basing a whole pay-per-view around 
potential signings from the WWE releases. They took big swings and those things. And if you look at the crowds over the past year before the pandemic hit, the crowds were steadily getting bigger, slowly, 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 not AEW size, but bigger than they were. And this is the hole they've had to dig out of from the Dixie Carter years. So they're at a point now where you got to take whatever big swings you can and hate it or love it. Getting Kenny Omega on your show consistently, getting the AEW world title on your show consistency, consistently, there's not a bigger swing you could take. You get more people to look at Impact who wouldn't by having AEW talent on Impact than you do by having Impact talent on AEW. That That is just completely wrong, and all the facts point and prove that you're wrong. But you know something? I, I don't even blame you, Terrence Williams. I blame Scott D'Amore. You've allowed a coup to happen in your company where not, it's not my company. See, they don't send me see, no checks. Oh, well, no, I, I, I'm talking to Scott Diamore here. He, hmm. He's allowed a coup to happen in the company in which you have people who are probably if they don't have a have a uh, a financial interest with AEW, then there's definitely a handshake deal. The, the, they are trying to bury Impact Wrestling because they know Impact Wrestling is the number two North American pro wrestling company. So they are going to destroy Impact Wrestling from the inside so oh AEW God. can move into their spot. They're not even there yet, but they're trying. They're certainly trying. And I'm telling you, Scott D. Moore, I'm ashamed. And I used to call you a friend here, but I'm ashamed of the fact that you've allowed this nonsense to happen because that Don Callis, it's clear what side of the fence he's on. OK, and I'm not just talking kayfabe either. I'm talking real life here. It's clear what side on the fence he's on. He's bought and paid. It's ridiculous. And this is just another example of the nonsense that 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 Tony Khan does where he says one thing, does another. And to the to the detriment of the entire industry, it's a disgrace. And look, you even got guys like Terrence Williams, who for years used to promote impact wrestling. And now he's dancing on your grave. This is embarrassing. Let me say let me say one one more thing here, yo. I think that uh, an important way that this needs to be looked at is this is not about AEW trying to uplift Impact Wrestling. This is about creating a world in which wrestling fans don't have to say it's WWE or AEW. No, it's WWE and everybody else. And the everybody else thing is actually becoming very interesting. Is, and, and that's the world that Tony Khan is helping to create. So, again, I'm not a Tony Khan fanboy. We've talked a bunch about the diversity promises and lack of delivering that. You know what I mean? We've talked a bunch of that about that online. And, you know, we can continue to go back and forth about that. But this is creating, you know, that whole forbidden door thing. That's the shoot. That's the shoot because we get we saw bullet club paraphernalia all over Impact Wrestling at that hard to kill uh, six man main event, which everybody came out looking better, by the way, made Moose more of a star, made Rich Swan look legit in there against Kenny Omega. And we're seeing New Japan talent on Impact, on AEW. It's making it's uplifting and bringing together the wrestling world as a whole. And you think there's not wrestlers in WWE right now who are not getting used, who don't want to be a part of this? I think you're crazy if you think that's not the case. This is becoming a fun thing for wrestling fans as a whole. This is not about let's pick up little impact. This is about let's let impact onto the bus. Now, your bus, your seat might be at the back, but you're getting on the bus. And before, they weren't allowed on the bus. And, and I think that it's ironic that you talk about Impact having to sit in the back of the bus because their champion, ironically, is a black man. And <laughs> AEW's champion is, ironically, a white man. So, and, and, and let me tell you something. Based on AEW's history and the way that they've treated black wrestlers, especially black male singles wrestlers, none of this is a surprise. None of this is a surprise. This is par for the course. And, and even you, Mr. Williams, would have to admit that there's a there's a certain uh, disgrace here over the fact that AEW is once again going out of their way to bury black wrestlers. Oh man, yeah, that's 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 a stretch. That's a stretch. Listen, we know that in the entertainment industry and in the pro wrestling industry in particular, there's been listen the people who write the stories have all been white people, right? So we have so you know why would they? book the hero, the protagonist to be a black man, right? So like, you know, we understand that's been a thing, right? 
And I'm not one. Listen, I I just I, I take racism too seriously to you know put it there when it's not. I don't think. Listen, if the if the champion was Eddie Edwards, I don't think it'd be any different. You know what I mean? Like I don't say, yo, he's cutting Rich Swan's legs out. Like no, come on, man. Like you know what I mean? Now, 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 now. If the Impact Champion was Moose, by the way, who in real life looks like he would kick Kenny Omega's ass, right? And then you got him losing, you know, like badly. I'd have more of a problem with that. Moose can't even get there. Moose is Moose is less than the guy that Kenny Omega beat. That's, it's, like, it's almost like you you and I are watching two totally different things here. I don't even understand it. No, 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 no. We're talking about the idea of you know, what I mean, just putting you know putting down an accomplished black performer, you know, for the greater good of a mediocre white performer. Which is, is isn't you know, that isn't that AEW as a, as a whole promotion? Isn't that AEW as a, as an entire promotion? They they literally have built their promotion off off of that one concept. I mean, come on, we can't we can't deny that. Ask Sean Dean. I wouldn't say that. Well, listen, <laughs> well, well, you know what? To be honest with you, when you look at the, you know, look, could they have done more with the with you know Ricky Starks, Will Hobbs, Scorpio Sky? Like you know, what I mean. Uh, by the way, I think Max Caster is going to be a big star. Max Caster came out and he was doing his raps, and I was like, God, I hate this. Turn it off. And I was like, Wait a minute. I'm supposed to hate this. Ha 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 ha. Right? Like, so they're doing some stuff right. But listen, the, the truth is, AEW has, the, I think a big reason why they have so many shows is because they got a lot of people who aren't ready for TV. And they get, and the only way you get ready for TV is by getting reps working on TV. That's what anything, right? That's that's not just what wrestling, that's what being a sports center anchor. That's what, you know what I mean? Doing the local weather. You, you got Who's it. in charge of the reps? reps Who's doing. in charge of the reps, Mr. Williams? Who's in charge the of the reps? producers of the show, oh, right? Okay. And so in oh, AEW's okay. case, that'd be Tony Khan. And listen, you got to get the reps. Could AEW be giving those reps to black people? Hell yes. Look at how many reps they gave to Britt Baker, right? When Britt Baker first came out and was doing those segments where she was dissing back and forth with Tony Schiavone, that was brutal. Okay, but she has developed and blossomed because they gave her the reps. Could they be giving those reps to uh, Will Hobbs? Hell yeah. Could they be giving those reps to Ricky Starks? Hell yeah. Should they? Hell yeah. Because I'd be way more interested to see. I'm telling you right now, I'd be way more interested to see. So they could and they should. I'm not giving AEW Tony Khan a pass on that in no way. So, so you can believe that they can bury their their own talents in their own company, but you don't believe that they're doing the same thing at Impact, right? Come on, no, this is they're not burying. Like AEW's presence on Impact Television is a present. Like Kanye said, my presence is a present. Kiss my ass, it, that, yo. That's just the facts of this situation. Way more people are interested in AEW than Impact. That's just the way it is right now. And so, by AEW participating with Impact, they are helping Impact. That's just the way it is. You know, I, I always find myself in, in some kind of conflict with you folks that sign those NDAs just so you can party with TK and the boys. Um, so and, and, and I'm not going to sit here and, and expose you as, as saying that that's your situation, Mr. Williams. But anyone <laughs> listening, you can fill in the blanks here. I think we know what's going on here. Uh, anyway, Mr. Williams, you, you, you've presented your position here. It's clear that we disagree, but, you know, I, I, I respect the fact that you have a position, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. Why don't you let everybody know how they can check you out online on the website? Site, the whole nine yards there yeah man well first and foremost if you want to follow me you can follow me on twitter at tw talking about uh that's t-a-l-k-i-n talking about uh you can catch me on the open gym sports and sports and culture podcast uh and web show you find that search that on on twitter online um you can find me on the cool factor podcast with my man bq from the impact lounge and like i say you just you can get these tweets man you can get these tweets i'm out here tweeting about wrestling and sports and and culture, you know what I mean, all the time. So uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun, and I hope all the people see that I'm right. You know, uh, Terrence Williams, before I let you go, I, I just want to say one last thing here. When you leave this conversation and you you call Tony Khan, because I know that he's waiting for your call, uh, just let him know that you you gave your best effort. But in the end, the Duke was just too much for you. And he's going to have to try a little harder. Uh, he's going to have to send, you know, even bigger guns next time. And and I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped back into my my inbox to complain about this as well. But just tell TK that I, I'm waiting for him. Hey, Tony, man, uh, call me. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. <laughs>